but it's fun and quirky. Third hike. We bought a mic. Mic. Bought a mic. The Holocaust was bad. The Holocaust never happened. Unless you bought some at Ice. Hello. Welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast where every week we talk film, TV, music, news, cinema, television, with a healthy mix of fun banter and careful critical analysis. You guys are just totally checked out of my intro at this I'm, point, aren't I, you? We already did it once. It's okay. I'm checked out of this whole podcast. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> I don't Listeners care. Listeners might not know this, but we record two episodes at a time whenever we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Ernest. I am Hunter. Yeah, and uh, today <laughs> you never even introduce yourself anymore. People don't even know who you are. I'm dissociating. Who is this third Adolf Hitler? And he's imaginary. Who is this third disembodied voice that I keep hearing I'm, through my headphones? I'm putting my pod character, Drew, because we are all characters on this pod, mm-hmm. named after ourselves, but right. very heightened. Yeah, I mean, if people meet me in real life, they'll be shocked to find out that I am a Nazi. Mm-hmm. I have a swastika tattooed on my face. Mm-hmm. But uh, you are learning to unlearn. Uh, yeah, my through character film. is. Through my film. character is. Me? Nah, no, I'm Hunter is. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't even think they would be surprised. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so we're here to review the latest film from Mr. Taika Waititi, New Zealand uh, filmmaker, auteur, writer, director, famous for uh, quite possibly, uh, I would say, in the running for Best of the Decade, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, um, amongst other works such as Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And Hunt for the Wilder Hunt People. for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try to watch some of his some of his older movies, but I didn't get a chance to, but they are boy and Eagle versus shark. Um, and this is a, this is a very talented dude. I mean, I was really looking forward to whatever he had going on next. He is obviously delightful as Korg in Avengers Endgame, which is probably what people know him best as. Yeah. General audiences. Yeah, probably. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, but he he is just a really really funny talented guy. I I honestly think that what we do in the shadows is genius genius stuff that he's doing there. So of course we are excited for what he had uh, on the docket next. And this movie Jojo Rabbit it won the uh, audience award at the Toronto International Film Festival. Yes, and- which is the same award. That both three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Green Book won. <laughs> so, Jesus. well, when you say it like that, it sounds like not <laughs> things, not even an award. Things became dicey leading up to this movie. Well, yeah, it, much like the Joker, it won this big award at a festival, and then the critical reviews started, uh, you know, seeping in, pouring in. Very mixed bag. Yeah, it was kind of like the opposite of Joker because this also, this premiered at Venice along with Joker. Joker won the award there. And this movie was panned at Venice. Like, people did not like this movie at all. And then the roles completely flipped at TIFF. And since then, critics have kind of been all over the place with this movie. Um, But guess what? Uh, 
take away TT is a better filmmaker than Todd Phillips. So oh, <laughs> like, easily speak for yourself, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Um, no, you're correct. I you're correct. I I was very I was cautiously optimistic for this movie because, like you said, I do I love all of his other movies. Uh, what we do in the shadows is my favorite. Um, I really like Hunt for the Wilder People too. Thor Ragnarok I think is in the top tier of Marvel movies. Um, despite the faults that inherently come with making any kind of a Marvel movie. It's definitely got and, his stamp on it. And also, he, I think that another big sign for him uh, for the future, not necessarily for this project, but the fact he executive produced and directs some episodes of the television show What We Do in the Shadows, which is a fantastic show. Really a great show. He's only in one episode, his character is, and it's Which is incredible. the big cameo episode. Yeah, there's a, like 50,000 famous people in one episode of television that's worth watching the entire show for. But also, show itself is great, and it's it has his stamp all over it. Yeah, and I, I think his that's, sensibilities. that's the, the best way to kind of start talking about this movie is that it really could have only been made by him. Mm-hmm. Because... The subject matter here is, you know, a, a little bit, uh, a, a little bit, uh, what, what's the word? It, it, it's been done. It's easy. E- this movie is really easy to fuck up. Yeah, the line here is very. It's very dicey. Well, like what? And it takes somebody who has this ability, who's exhibited the ability to uh, juggle dramatic and emotional tension along with laugh out loud comedic right moments. and and the big thing here is that this is not just a world war ii movie this is not just a nazi movie this is a movie where taika waititi plays adolf hitler <laughs> but it's a cartoony imaginary version of adolf hitler and he plays it in a very uh whimsical sort of way and our main character Jojo is this little 10-year-old boy who kind of comes across as a little bit of a Wes Anderson-esque sort of character for most of this movie, but he is a Nazi youth, a Hitler youth. So there's always this like double-sidedness to every aspect of this movie where our our characters are very charming, but there's always this undertone of, of darkness to it all. But the movie as a whole, I think I'm honestly like fascinated by the conversation around this movie because I, I feel like everybody can have a, a slightly different reaction and reading to it. Uh, some people might find this movie a little bit tough to stomach. Some people might find it delightful. It, it'll work for some people and it, and it won't work for others. And I think that the way it approaches its satire is kind of genius. And I recommend people check out uh, Taika's uh, DGA pod. We've been shouting out this pod like every week on this on this show. But it is such a good insight into these directors behind these movies and kind of not explaining, but sort of giving a little bit of background as to the choices that they make. And... Taika is using humor and satire as a weapon against hate, which is really, really fascinating to me because if in 2019, not only do we really need some sort of weapon against hate, but at this point, like we know Nazis are bad. 
Like, we don't need another movie telling us that Nazis are bad. Like, we know that. To recontextualize it and present it in, in a new way, I think that's that's truly, truly admirable. The movie itself, I think I'm a little torn on. And I think we'll get into some specifics as to, like, how I feel about certain things. I think ultimately it really does work. And I think that because this is Taika behind and in front of the camera, it does ultimately all come together and, and fall in the right place. But having a movie that's about Nazis and having these characters be charming is is a little rough. It's a little tough. But he, d- he makes it work. I just think that, like, the initial conceit is a little bit ill-advised, you know, presenting Nazis in such a way, in such, like, a friendly, whimsical so- sort of way. But the movie does find ways to, like, do what, what I'm saying, basically, to use that humor and that satire as a way to, to take them down a, a peg and, and really, like... Uh, show them in in an unsavory light yeah so i uh i will just i'll be more out with it we have to kind of speak in vagaries because i will say shout out to the marketing team i had no idea what this movie was going to be about yeah one plot point in particular that like the main storyline is just not in any kind of the marketing and great job by that and i don't want to ruin that for anybody else who's listening to this uh, podcast before seeing the movie, but I loved this movie. I re- this movie just really, really, really worked for me. Um, I want to talk more. We'll wait until we get into spoilers to get into specifics. But this movie has a lot of heart to it, and I found that to be really, really uh, effective. Um, especially once we get past, I'll say the very beginning of the movie is very Wes Anderson-y. I thought that we were just getting into like Moonrise Kingdom meets Hitler Youth, and I was a little bit more on the fence in that point, but I think there's a mark that comes about 30 minutes into the movie, and everything after that, I was all, all 100% in on this movie. I I fully agree with you about when I became in on the movie. Like that, in the beginning... That that's my least favorite part of the movie. The first thirty minutes mm-hmm. I thought were weaker than the rest of it. Um, I like this movie a lot more than I thought I would. To be honest, I wasn't expecting to love it. Uh, and despite myself, I I was moved. Uh, I've seen people call it cheap. The way it manipulates your emotions, you could say the same thing about probably most movies that utilize uh, history's greatest tragedies in order to make you feel things. So I don't take that seriously as a critique. Uh, the more serious critique that you kind of touched on, Ernie, is that if you're going to come after Nazis, uh, a lot of people would want you to have more venom than this movie has. Uh, but we've seen that. We've seen that movie a thousand times. Yeah, and and that is a f- like a fair critique. I can't take that away from anyone who says that. Uh, yeah, I think either. it's I think it's just more that they thought it would be a different movie than it turned out to be, and there's a disappointment there. Uh, the same is true for me, but I actually expected less of it and I got more. So I ended up very happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I not, it's not a completely toothless attack and they do have without getting into spoilers, they kind of more, I mean, there is definitely a fair amount of, uh, 
criticizing the Nazi regime as you would expect, but especially with the main uh, the main actor with Jojo himself, um, Roman Griffin Davis, who by the way, the first time he's ever performed in anything, uh, he kills it. He is um, he might be the new Jack Grazer. I because we stand this fucking I love kid. this kid. This kid is um, an absolute banger of first, an actor. Literally the first role that he has ever taken and he gets to be in this, which is probably gonna be like an Oscar nominated movie. I would give um, him a nomination. I he is so amazing. He carries um, if this if but, he's like even a solid child actor, this sucks. Yeah. He has to be great. No, I think but I do think that like it really does the way that they juggle the tones works in a way where you don't fault this child for it instead you kind of realizing the brainwashing that happens and think about whenever you are a child and you're like obsessed with like a certain basketball team or like a football player or something Mm -hmm. like that and they kind of use that and that clouds your entire judgment you aren't ever able to see a big picture about something because he has like nazi posters yeah it's it's literally like it's like they idolize him like a rock star and if it's like comes out that's just like yeah so it turns out michael jackson not the greatest guy you can't tell an eight-year-old boy that they are in love with this guy and this guy is their hero we uh hunter and i saw this uh together and we were chatting about it afterwards and i was a little bit torn on this kid's performance but after kind of talking about it i realized that like for the movie to work we are supposed to not really like this kid yeah because he's he's a borderline white supremacist (laughs) But he's not has, borderline. He, especially in the beginning, he is full on white supremacist. Right. No. Yeah. 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 But like a brainwashed white supremacist. Exactly. But that's the thing. Is like it has to be enough to buy that he would be, you know, susceptible to going full uh, Nazi, but also not there enough to be brought back. Yeah. No. I think he, like, his character is dislikable. But I think this kid makes the most of every moment he's on screen. Like, I think he delivers the material perfectly. You can find fault with the material, absolutely. Um, But, I mean, this kid, to me, if I'm honest, one of my least favorite parts of the movie was Taika being Hitler. I didn't find, like, it didn't get as many laughs as this kid got in my theater, or for me personally. Uh, And I get that that's baked into the premise and the fact that Taika did this movie. But he wasn't the best part of this movie. It's so, interesting that they, that that's even in the movie because this is based on a book that doesn't have that in the book. So when, yeah, the book that's based on is like a sad, tragic book right. about like Taika added all of the comedic stuff on his screenplay, and I I'm just fascinated by that because apparently he'd been trying to make this movie well before he ever made Thor or. Hunt for the Wilder People. Or even what we do yeah. in the shadows. And it just been sitting in a drawer. And once he kind of like got this. You got to get some clout to make exactly. this shit. <laughs> yeah. But He's not just said, like, hey, so I'm a, th- I'm a New Zealand Jew and I want to make a Hitler movie. <laughs> but they told him, the studio told him that they would only make it if, if he played Hitler. Yeah. Wow. So, and that, so that is, I will, I'll use this and talk very lightly because I don't want to get into my thoughts on on spoilers or anything, but the way that I read his Hitler character is it is this child's, like, 
subconscious like his id that is in him like this kind of version of mass hate and he's a child so he still projects like a little bit of whimsy and fun to him oh yeah so but yeah hitler's is, a very immature person it this, is like it's a child it's acting as his like his the id of his psyche that is just craving like full control and power and people to do exactly and fall in line yeah. with the way that you want and so it makes sense that there is less of him as the movie goes on as our main character transforms mm -hmm. yeah no and yeah and i i was happy to see that there was less of him because as this especially as the story gets more serious and uh endearing, just fun quirky yeah <laughs> he kind of disappears from the movie a little bit yeah which and, he kind of has yeah to. and it's, i'm not saying he's unfunny i'm just saying uh i was more so impressed by the fact that he wasn't nearly my favorite part of the movie when the, the cell of the movie is, you know, Taika yeah. being Hitler. And then there's another part of the movie that, you know, we'll actually dig into in spoilers that made it so you didn't miss the Hitler character because yeah. there was all these other things happening. Yeah. Uh, one thing we can talk about, uh, maybe a little bit, we'll dance around it, but uh, Scarlett Johansson, I think, was tremendous. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson as the mom. She was great. I, the She's entire, not in it enough, though, but she... I she, thought she was in it a right amount. I am not a big Scarlett ScarJo fan. Um, but I'm I think very for this her, performance... For her performance in this is great. I wanted a little bit more from this character. I think that... We were talking about afterwards that Sam Rockwell is just incredible in this movie as, like, the the Hitler youth leader. Yeah. Him and Alfie Allen's... Uh, probably gay relationship that they have with each other yeah probably <laughs> probably isn't like yeah they definitely fuck um they are great also uh surprisingly really good rebel wilson i don't think i've ever seen rebel wilson in a performance where like she didn't kind of annoy me while she was on screen uh sorry rebel but i really liked her probably the perfect casting of steven merchant as <laughs> Oh, that was one of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> he slays. As a member of the Gestapo, he is incredible. That man is seven He's, feet tall. Um, another uh, young character who this is this actor's first performance in any kind of movie is the kid who plays Yorkie, uh, JoJo's best friend, Archie Yates. That kid actually... That's uh, Dion Waiter's work right here. He had the yeah. highest a batting average of any person he in the movie. He just pops up in there. When he's on screen, he's getting laughs. Never been every in time. any... Never acted before, and it's just like this chunky little kid with glasses <laughs> trying yeah. to be in Hitler youth really that kid fucking slayed it um and you know the central source of a lot of the humor in this movie is you know the classic humor dynamic of someone who thinks they have it all figured out but they just so clearly don't which is why it's great that it is a kid because kids don't have anything figured out and so you get a lot of shots and scenes where uh, Jojo is seemingly the person in power, or at least in his own mind he is. So, like, we're seeing, like, low angles of him, and he looks huge as if he's an authority figure. But then, you know, he speaks like a child, and he's mm -hmm. stupid like a child. And there's a lot of uh, great comedy to be mined out of that. And the same goes for uh, Archie Yates mm -hmm. uh, as this kid who is essentially in the military <laughs> as a small <laughs> child. Um, you can parse out the politics of generating such sympathetic Nazis uh, if you so choose. I, maybe I haven't had enough time to sit on it to see what a lot of people have in terms of disliking that uh, vehemently. I just think that 
it's it's about what you think the responsibility of this movie is because some people do feel that like in an age where we certainly have nazis you need to come down as hard as possible because actually some people do need to hear that nazis are explicitly the worst apparently yeah but i mean i mean that is i that is very true but also those people are never gonna see a movie like this you know, like it's not it's not for them. It's never going to be for them. It's never going to be Taika's anywhere near his realm of work yeah. to speak. To I those guess people uh, more likely it's the people who are more in danger from like modern white supremacy. Uh, I could see having more of a problem with this movie because they're watching it and they're, you know, they're going to be like, wait a second. But if if that's bad, then why do I love trump so much no i'm no i'm saying (laughs) the the people who are like targets of current white supremacy people of color is what i'm saying oh i could see them watching this and being like huh that's this is a whole lot funnier than that chick at the rally who got run over by a car you know what i mean there is an angle that i can call perfectly legitimate without personally you did you ever see having it ruin my experience black klansman no see that movie i feel like specifically does the opposite of this movie and that movie zaps all the humor and everything away from this kind of situation says like no this is really serious and we need to talk about this right now yeah but i think that they go about their ways separately but i think that they both end up at the same conclusion yeah nazis are bad (laughs) but i mean it is but it's not enough it's it's not enough to just say nazis are bad i think this movie i think what truly makes this movie i I, i'm not sure if i'm ready to call this a truly great movie maybe but i think what makes it good and what makes it work and what makes it not fall apart is that it does land at a solid theme of uh how hate can be unlearned Right. And how hate is taught and this whole brainwashing thing that you were bringing up. It's like you're not born a Nazi. You are made a Nazi because the people in charge tell you that that's what you have to be. And I think that's like the the one thing this movie is really trying to drive home. And I feel like it does a pretty good job. No, at it. it does. Well, the reason I love this movie is because uh that's not the whole point of the movie if i'm honest like i didn't leave the movie thinking man so much message no the movie no, it's is not a message movie well no. people are upset about that because they want more of the of a, a stronger message but uh the movie hooked me when it became about the story which is you know, like we said maybe 30 minutes in we get a story that's very compelling and dramatic and that's you know where the book uh you know sinks its teeth in i'm yeah. sure this, and apparently the book also like has a lot more to it. It keeps going for like years and years and years mm-hmm. after the war. I believe it. It just I I that's what shocked me about the movie because when it started I was like, "Uh-oh." Like the tone is weird. Uh it, I you know, the laughs weren't all landing and then once it becomes this like really this balance that should not work of humor and drama and pure darkness, uh the fact that those all combined in the final two acts to make a cohesive and good story in my opinion is the highest compliment that you could give taika because that is a really tough thing to do i think specifically when you're talking about taika i really think that that's his whole deal that's what he's so good at is really tackling this complete tonal mismatch in a way that doesn't feel like jarring or 
uh, in a way that doesn't work because it works. And I think to some people it doesn't. But I think that this movie doesn't feel like any of his other movies at all. But it fe- it still feels like a Taika movie because of that approach to the tone and to the fact that it, it does have heavy comedy and heavy drama in the same movie without really jerking you in too many different directions. Yeah, I mean, I I agree completely. Like, I think if you go into this movie expecting for it to get, like, preachy and, like, spell out the messages for you to take home, then you're just kind of in the wrong movie. Like, this is Taika Waititi making this movie. This isn't Spike Lee making this movie. Right. Like, kind of... And I mean, I know I can't just tell every person, every average American, like, do your homework before you go see this movie. But like, that's not the point of this movie is it, it's just a fun movie. Like, I can't wait to see this again. A lot of movies that are very heavy handed. I'm like, that was beautiful. And I took something away from it. But I don't really like I can I can chill. I can yeah. just kind of sit Which on is this kind of what I was getting at about how we've seen this a thousand times, yeah. you know, like it, we we don't need another Schindler's List because Schindler's List already exists. You know, it, there's there's no point to make that movie again. Or even something like Life is Beautiful, which is an incredible movie. And I think that that movie has, like, even more of a tragic undertone to everything than this. But I've never seen anything like Jojo Rabbit. Mm-mm. Even though I can't quite... I'm still a little torn on it. It's still very unique and singular in its approach to this type of, of story. I mean, we've also seen The Great Dictator before. Like, Charlie Chaplin right. made this movie, uh, like, like almost 80 years ago, 1940. Yeah. So, like, it ha- like you have to bring something new to the table, and I think that Taika did, and I, I do think that this is a great movie. I think that how he does handle everything is great, and this really really worked for me well, just the, the balance of these two. The Chaplin movie specifically, I think he shouts out in the DGA pod and he states as, as an example as to why the people that are giving him shit for being too comedic about this are full of shit <laughs> because if Chaplin did this like 80 years ago, Chaplin we, did this in the middle of World War II while we were at war yeah. with the Nazis yeah. did this. Yeah. The, no, the critique that I think is way better than that, because that's that's not a critique that I've been seeing from good sources. The one that I've been seeing from like reputable people is more uh, this. This is too saccharine. It's not that it's like you can make plenty of funny movies about like tragic events. That's been done a million times and it'll be done again. And that's good. Uh, but if we're in this realm, it's almost like an Obama era look at 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 this subject Mm. you know it's a little too optimistic in terms of like like a.a dowd was very vocal critiquing the love wins all ending of the movie love love conquers everything when we live in an era right now where you know the the narrative is sort of more on the side of at this point maybe we should just punch the nazis maybe we shouldn't be uh hugging them yeah and hoping that it rubs off i mean i like i guess that is a fair criticism but also i don't want to just see that i like i'm glad that we are seeing something like this that is bring a sense of whimsical and i do think that it does apply to everyone in that it's kind of it's the whole turn your other cheek turn the other cheek philosophy versus like the whole fighting back against the power and i think that there's room for both of them in film well i think the the key thing is that we're talking about a, a protagonist who is 10 years old 
right? So when you take that into account, I think what the movie's saying is that this kid, like, you can't really look at him as as a real Nazi. And I think they state that specifically. Yeah, they, they say the all movie. the time, you're not a Nazi. Right. So <laughs> it's like, I, I think that's one of the points that the movie's trying to make is like, you can't really look at this kid and say that he deserves to be treated like a, a full-on Nazi because he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, this isn't a movie that's trying to grant salvation to Hitler himself. It's trying to grant salvation to a child who doesn't know any better. Yeah, and who's been manipulated yeah. by the people and who I think do know in, better. In that case, I agree with that completely, that if you happen to grow up we're going to keep using like the Trump analogy. If you happen to grow up in like rural Georgia and your whole family taught you that like black people are bad and Trump good because he make wall go up, then like you can't really completely fault this child on his own merits because this is a kid who literally does not know any better. He doesn't yeah. know what the other yeah. side is. The real is. problem are all of the systems around that are keeping that kid from learning the, the truth. Right of how he should really be as a, a, as a kind person. I mean, there's to that point, there's a sequence that plays for laughs very early on in the movie where they're at, like, Hitler Youth Summer Camp, and they're just like, let's go do a book burning, and everybody's like, yay! <laughs> it's really funny, but, like, I think yeah. that, that works really yeah. well for... Oh, no. I just sank. I'm sinking. <laughs> I'm sinking Christ, in my chair. What's happening? I, I hit the... Oh, the lever came off the... The lever came just off bring the, the mic down. The lever broke. I'm going to be down here. I'm like Drew's height now. <laughs> yeah. The, it's canon that I think I'm going to have to be down here from now on. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, the question then becomes, at what age do you stop having that empathy and you start being like, all right, you're, a, you're grown up enough that you should not... Like the teenagers at that camp, the ones who are like 17... Are we on the, are we okay? Well, are we like, Hey, they don't know any better. No, because I think that whenever you are young enough, yeah, you're more point. ignorant than you are. I know, but that's no, what but I'm saying. So the question is the older, the older boys that are like egging him on to kill the rabbit. Like, like the kids, the, they're Nazis. W- when the people <laughs> who come to his house, they see that like this kid thinks that like Jewish people have horns under their hair and everything else. And they just like laugh about it. Yeah. Cause they know that like, they aren't actual like, Jews aren't demons like they are actual people, but, but they're lesser kid, people. But this, but this little, kid, little kid doesn't. This little kid thinks that like these are actual mon- like yeah. n- monsters that live under your bed. Yeah. Like, no, it's that. That's, that's why it's so great that it revolves around this kid who I mean, he has to do exactly what he does in this movie because there's the potential to stop uh to to leave the movie emotionally. Yeah. When you see everything that's happening and when things get serious and emotional, this kid does just as well as when he's delivering these jokes. And so a lot of the balance that Taika brings to the movie, uh, the surrogate for that balance is this kid. That's why I was so goddamn impressed, man. Like, you you know how I feel about child acting. I'm very particular about I wanna, my kid actors. I really want to get into spoilers soon because they're is another character that we haven't even talked about who gives yeah, just unbelievable unbelievable performance. It's, it's but it's a little bit of a spoiler to get into. It's who interesting they play. that like I would definitely consider that a spoiler because it was such a nice surprise. But the logline in IMBD gives it away. Well, it's not in any of the actual marketing. Like it's not in any of the trailers or anything posters. I don't think. Before Maybe we, they have a thing. Before a p- we picture, jump into but. into spoilers, I did want to ask. Uh, I don't know if this this might be a, a spoilery uh, topic, but back to the tone, how satirical would you describe this movie to be? Because 
when you, when you're talking satire, in, in my view, you you think of Mel Brooks, right? Like that's one of the prime examples of like kings of satire. To me, this movie is not as satirical as Mel Brooks stuff. Like, have you guys ever seen Blazing Saddles? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a movie that's about racism, and it's obviously dealing with some heavy themes. And the satire is off the fucking walls. Like, that's a movie where the characters in the movie literally break the fourth wall and ride into Hollywood into other movies. This movie never gets that no, insane. No, it's, not, it, well, it's it, not full absurdism. And in particular, I mean, the absurdism almost decreases as the movie goes on. There's also... Yeah, okay. So I was going to say that... This being promoted as, uh, like... It's, it's a, part it's, of marketing. Yeah, it's a uh, anti hate it? anti hate satire. I think that this is still work as a satire. It's just it's less on the farcical side of satire, where Mel Brooks stuff can get into like farce territory a little bit. Like it is all still more satire than anything else. But like it's so ridiculous and over the top with its message and like in your face with it all. Where this is you almost forget that you are watching a satire until you're reminded through certain key moments that are in the movie. I, I mean, I could I see people using that as a criticism. I can understand a lot of criticisms on this movie. I, just, I can only just speak to my own personal experience. It, it, that just goes back to my fascination that like, there's some people that are going to look at this as a really poignant satire and some people who are not going to catch it at all. Well, it's not even... I think that that's the base layer, but I think that... Th maybe a deeper layer is that like there's clearly a satire happening i think that most people would yeah. get that but hitler on screen as the embodiment of that satire yeah like it's it's more that like that's a given and so people wanted it to go farther because you could still have this be a deeply funny dark dramatic movie and also come down harder without being overt about it but just it's almost it's like this movie assumes that we're all on the same page going into it in terms of what we know about the Holocaust when there's this weird strain of Holocaust denialism that yeah. millions of people secretly agree with in America. 40% of people that were polled by The Guardian don't know what Auschwitz is. Jesus. Yeah, so it's the move <laughs> that's that's, that's more sad. of the issue is that you could call it a bubble movie in that way where it assumes that we all agree on this. And then it goes into the movie being like, you know, it's, it's giving itself leeway because there are all these scenes that, you know, are making light of it. And you're like, yeah, well, of course we all agree that the Holocaust right. was bad. We can go into it with this presumption. Uh, and so that's why people are upset because there are people who you can't go into it with that presumption of empathy well yep. i mean to that point that you said ernest that i don't think that those people are going to go see this movie like it's i don't think that they them. were ever going to go see this movie this movie isn't trying to make a hundred million dollars like it's it, it's not going to try and be that type of a and movie. it's not the job of this movie to like bridge the it's, gap between this isn't a documentary it's yeah. not it doesn't have to serve the purpose of educating mm -hmm. yeah of course. That's why I mean I agree with that. I'm just saying that's where the critique yeah. is coming no, no, no. from. I, which, I understand that critique. And if you you know, if you are a person who is a little bit more in danger, then you might be like, Hey, you you guys gotta tell them because I I can't reach them all and this is a movie, it can reach more people than I can. So yeah. I have sympathy for that critique, is what I'll say. Uh I just love the movie. I don't like it I know a movie that works when I see it and if you are able to overlook that single critique, uh, 
so much of the comedy works and so much of this movie should be whiplash of tone exactly like not even uh not even just the fact that it is what it is like moment to moment on a micro level there should be a lot more whiplash than i personally felt and it seems like my whole theater really enjoyed the movie uh, and it was like a mixed bag it was like people my age uh like i had an old couple next to me everyone was on the same page in terms of not uh being reviled by the fact that like one moment we'd be having you know deep emotional drama and then the next moment there's a kid shooting a bazooka <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> like, have i did have an old couple sitting next to me in the theater that would they were not feeling the movie at oh, all really the rest of the audience was very like laughing out loud and they were like a good audience but the couple that was next to me was not did they have a good time red armbands on uh they were yes yes they okay. were yeah well, I mean, they well they had yeah they had the red hats on the red armbands. Oh, so it was a MAGA Nazi. I think that, now that I think I think that Donald Trump <laughs> might have sat next to me in the theater. <laughs> Taika does keep reaching out to him on Twitter and telling him to go see my fucking movies. I, so I don't think I, Donald Trump could sit through a whole movie. No, <laughs> no way. Delivered to him in Twitter. No way. <laughs> he, he, No, he, you're definitely right. Like I don't know if he's seen a movie. Right. He watches the parts of like Home Alone two. He skips in. To yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't watch that whole movie. He's like, "Hey, this Hitler guy, I kind of like him. <laughs> Should check him out." Um, it, that's my main takeaway from the movie, though. What I was saying is the it shouldn't work on levels that don't quite involve like the deep critique of the movie. It shouldn't work just as a movie to go as deep dramatically as it goes because it goes a lot deeper than you initially think and that shouldn't be good it shouldn't be a good movie to do that after we start where we're at and it actually becomes a better movie because it does that without losing the laughter in my theater and for me personally got louder in the final two acts yeah i -hmm. thought they were handedly funnier yeah um part of that's because there was less uh taika being goofy hitler like i'm not saying he did a bad job i'm just saying that was that was a weaker part of the movie, and that's more of a compliment to the rest of the movie. Also, I, I just think it's it's still too weird for people to laugh at Hitler. Yeah, in the beginning you know? of the movie especially, there was unease because we didn't... The stance of the movie was not made... Like I said, like the movie starts with an assumption that we all already know it's right. bad. Uh, and so the... But in our theater, like in a country like America right now, you know, maybe, you know, Tyke is not from America. Maybe he doesn't know fully. Like, (laughs) you can't just laugh in a movie theater at these jokes at the very beginning, because then what if you're the only one that's laughing? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. I think we can move into spoilers now. So if you haven't seen it, please seek it out. It's definitely worth checking out. You... It's one of those movies that you want to be part of the conversation, even though you may not love it. It's still definitely worth uh, forming your own opinion about how you feel about it. So please. I mean, you might watch this movie and hate it. And that's that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand that criticism. I just happen to get on Letterboxd and like a lot of people who I like and respect uh, are like kind of down. Yeah. Look look Turgeon's review. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's that's the opinion I respect the most. (laughs) (laughs) He he called that the tone is way too inconsistent (laughs) and he couldn't get invested. I mean, but I I get those criticisms. This is a movie I'm here for. And like you said about ga- being part of the conversation, this isn't like being part of the Joker conversation. Right. Where this is like... I did not want to be part of that conversation. D- does this movie advance the talk about uh, mental health in the country? 
Well, no, I, this I, movie does not take itself seriously. The, the way respect, the way that you seriously. know a critique is illegitimate is if the critique is already in full swing before the movie comes out, which mm-hmm. is what happened with Joker. That critique it was w- already stale. Yeah, that <laughs> it, to have that opinion was like it was given to you. Yeah, this movie had the main buzz about it was not directly like this is going to cause shootings or incels are going to blow up your theater or whatever. The cri- the critique that I am hearing uh, is more legitimate than that. Right. Um, and and it's a movie that you can kind of it's not as clear cut as to like oh if you hate it you're this type of person or if you love it you're this type of yeah, person but it's it's more gray and you can kind of I feel like if I were to go back and rewatch it I'll feel differently about it and I'll pick up on yeah. different things and I'll appreciate certain things and I'll notice other things yeah but this is also in my opinion, uh, quite the better movie than Joker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in um, your humble opinion. I mean, yeah, and it seems like not everyone agrees with that. Yeah. Mm, I mean, like, point. respected publications don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, this is a subject matter that is guaranteed to upset plenty of people is something that we should consider. Like, there was no way to make this without up- alienating some type of group. Like, this is subject matter that is just a minefield. We need... Uh, Taika as Hitler as Joker. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Yeah, I'm here for it. All right, final <laughs> chance. Uh, this is your spoiler warning, so we're gonna talk spoilers for Jojo Rabbit right now. And I'm gonna read the summary from IMDb. A young boy in Hitler's army finds himself. No, finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Thomas and Mackenzie because she kind of steals this movie a little bit. She's, a, she's she. Incredible. I mean, she is the she's so good. The, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Yeah, it's like the kid is the star of the movie, and it, it, he impressed me the most because he's a little kid. She is probably the best performance in the movie, though. She, so good. Yeah, she she has a lot of weight on her performance as well. Like, I, I definitely recommend Leave No Trace, which yeah, she was her... Is, I was going to say, one of the best movies of last year that she, she was, was in. fantastic in. Uh, very different performance, mm. character, everything. But she plays Elsa, who is this Jewish girl hiding out in JoJo's house. And through this story of them kind of uh, talking and, and getting to know each other, we also discover more about Scarlett Johansson's mom character, and there's so many kind of elements to this whole dynamic. And one of the ones that really stuck with me once I really sat on it is that if you think about Scarlett, uh, her character is Rosie. If you think about her character, what she, the position that she is in, not only is she a member of the resistance and she's hiding a Jewish girl in her own home, mm. but she, her son is a Hitler youth mm-hmm. as i guess most boys were it's, back then. i mean isn't it required i i guess yeah it's that not was, an option right <laughs> but like he is a very patriotic hitler youth. yeah no he's, he's not like he's a really reluctantly into guy like, well he's he fully bought in and partially because his mother uh couldn't tell him not to because that would arouse suspicion and yes, then yes that's mm-hmm. the thing. yeah and there's a, like, someone in there like, yeah it's just playtime like he's just doing playtime so, of wanting to be on hitler's so the the idea of this lady trying to be a good mother and trying to be there for her child and do what she can to keep his white supremacy reeled in yeah with but, but not, also letting him be mostly a white supremacist because then he would be then he would go and tell like hey my mom 
said that I should yeah. be a white supremacist. Yeah, so she so. has to let him be mostly a Nazi. Yeah. Um, she, I mean, I was really, really surprised by how good ScarJo was in this because I haven't seen her do yeah. a great job in a while. The, and beard, she, the beard scene was yeah. oh, so and, good. Yeah, and you know, in the news, she's not good. It's not like a Paul Rudd where, like, whenever we hear from them, we're like, oh, I love that guy. Yeah, like, no, it's kind of... Most of the time when you hear about her, you're not hearing good things. Uh, but she does a hell of a goddamn acting job in this movie. It's like, it's as if she were playing an Asian woman. She's so at home. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, God, kill me. <laughs> no, I mean, she is... And another thing that I think one of the best... I think that the best direction in the entire movie is her death sequence. And that is, like, so beautiful how that's illustrated he sees it's right after like they have this whole speech about you'll know if you're in love because you'll feel butterflies he starts to kind of get feelings for this uh jewish this older jewish girl that's in his place and he sees the butterfly and he chases after her and then just sees just the shoes that we know are scarjo mm-hmm. shoes and you never actually see her face yeah. or anything Take you just see that quentin feet. yeah best feet shot of the year yeah. mm-hmm. um what and one critique that i hate that i've heard a couple times uh and this happens a lot with comedies that also get dramatic. People will call the drama segment of it cheap. Like I said earlier, when it's like, I mean, are you going to call every World War II movie cheap then? I mean, if you're going to call this one that, you have to call all the others that. Because just because this is a comedy with drama and it doesn't mean that the drama is automatically illegitimate. Yeah. And the drama is directed with tact and with grace and uh, I thought really well handled. Like I, I th- the emotional beats hit me, which is rare for almost any movie. Um, but it works. Like it just works. The directing style completely changes when we get to these scenes. Uh, things become more slow and drawn out when they had been more Wes Andersony right. and like smash cutty. I mean, it's, it's incredible Hurt- screenwriting in those scenes of just it's just them talking in a room for like fifteen minutes at a time, and you just buy all in on this. Oh, the scenes with him and the girl. Yeah. yeah, I mean that is that is uh, the best of the movie in my opinion. Is just this little dumb boy. Uh, she can't just explicitly tell him not to be a Nazi. Yeah. She because there is a scene that sets up why she can't before when she's talking to ScarJo in the attic and she's like, he is fully gone. Also, I love her introduction where it's like just straight up like horror movie. Just see the hand creeping down the down the stairs. Yeah, that was funny. I wonder how this movie would play if any of us had known that that that, that was a plot point. I don't know. Can you imagine? Because that to me was what made this movie a delight to watch is that yeah it takes a hard left and we're left with a much more tender movie than what i thought we'd get if the movie if the whole movie had been like the first third of it would not be crazy about this movie at all uh it it would it would be exactly what you think which is a movie where this little boy is becoming hitler youth and struggling with it yeah it becomes uh a a romance it becomes it becomes a tragedy in the like the Shakespearean sense, the death of a parent is like that's not just I, like a comedy drama thing. There's one uh, moment in the DGA podcast where Taika says that a lot of this movie is like a love letter to single parents out mm. there, and I think that that is very true, and I think that that worked really well, especially for like a struggling mother who her son is so like in love with. Hitler and with the whole Nazi ideology that he had to tell her that yeah your father he's off fighting the war in Italy right now and he's off doing this thing when in reality the dad just like bailed so that he could be part of the resistance in Italy like he's also part of fighting this but 
once again, like we've said, like you can't just tell him like, no, that's bad. You can't yeah. do that. I think uh, I, we should also talk a little bit about Sam Rockwell. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, that is a criticism. That is one of the main criticisms I've seen because he is likable as like a full-on Nazi general. Yeah, and we're meant... And how, he does show some humanity towards the end of the movie. Exactly. He How his kind of arc ends up is like we're supposed to kind of be on his side, but he's like a Nazi officer. So I think that's like where some of the shakiness in this movie comes in. I think... Maybe what Taika's trying to do is, like, he's trying to show that maybe uh, hashtag not all Nazis <laughs> Which is bad. definitely a stance <laughs> that we support. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. That's why that's not, that, that's yeah, why it's getting critiqued. Trying to, trying to, like, paint in the gray areas of what it must have been like in this time period to be, like, sucked up into the madness of this whole thing and still hold on to some sort of humanity. You know, he obviously has some sort of... Uh, relationship with the uh, Reek Fionn <laughs> with Alfie Allen, yeah. Um, so there is a humanity there. Yeah. I I think that the the biggest ingredient that uh, excuses what people are mad about to me is that Nazis in America today do not have their back against the wall. And they are choosing to be Nazis. You, yeah, when you could take a stand uh, in Germany in the 30s, early 40s. Yeah. But it was a hell of a lot harder. <laughs> oh, you would get murdered. <laughs> it was, yeah, like you could have left, you, you know, would get earlier hung on. In the fucking well, you'd square. have fucking Stephen Merchant, all six, twelve of him showing up at your house. Yeah, and, and this is also like the end of the war that were it is being depicted yeah. here. So at this point, you definitely couldn't defect. Like earlier on, you could flee the country, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, uh, you could still go to America, probably. But that's the main difference, in my opinion. That's why that this movie is in a whole different scenario, where it's like, yeah. You know, she's pretending, you know, the mom's pretending to be a Nazi, too. Like, everyone is. They yeah. are going to die if they don't. And, and not the, saying, of course, that's not excusable to become a full-on Nazi and do war crimes. Uh, but that is the difference between being some internet guy today who decides he wants to be a Nazi and being, yeah, you know I what I mean? Yeah, I guess it's, it's uh, hindsight is twenty twenty when you're trying to tell people that in 1940s Germany, like, you should have known, you should have, the fact that you didn't bail makes you responsible for what you did you know like obviously it's a lot easier now that we know all of the atrocities that were committed uh but i think back then i obviously people didn't know that the holocaust was happening as it was happening yeah i mean like it's not like they didn't have the internet then like in newspapers newspapers are controlled like in the same way that a lot of them are controlled now in other parts of the world like you don't know the news that you aren't supposed to know like the whole like concentration camps was like a floating rumor. Yeah. Like when Americans showed up to the first concentration camp, they're like, "Holy shit, this is real!" Like they're actually doing this to people. People had no idea that that was like a real thing that was happening. They're like, "Yeah, it's gonna get exaggerated a little bit, whatever." They don't really have like death camps, and they did. Yeah. So, and I think uh, the the whole satirical side of this movie, the ridiculousness, I think what what starts to to happen is that you have a story that gets really out there and and just really crazy and we can't really have that and have the moments of like grounded respected seriousness uh 
talk about the Holocaust. You know, it it can't you can't have a movie that does both. So this movie is doing the wackiness, the Sam Rockwell and the big old uh, <laughs> the feathery flamboyant hat. <laughs> uh, thing. Uh, yeah, the hat and the outfit and everything. I think that's that's where this movie wants to leave us is in the absurdity. And I think that really going back to, to the point about Taika uh, wep- using satire as a weapon and humor as a weapon, I think he, on that DGA pod, he used the word disarming and like wanting to, to disarm bullies and, and Yeah, that's racists. the whole thing with comedy. Is like, comedy to disarm. Yeah, like you can approach it in a way that takes them by surprise and really puts them in a situation where they don't feel like they can uh, necessarily uh, fight back or retort in any sort of way. I also think that Taika understands, unlike, um, weirdly, the last two winners of the TIFF Awards, like Three Billboards and Green Book, that you can't solve racism in a movie. You aren't just going to like fix racism and make it go away after two-hour runtime, where a white supremacist is going to sit down and watch it and be like, you know what? I was wrong. I'm going to change now. That's the problem with those movies, and this isn't trying to do that. But I, I it's do just think, poking holes through their ideas through humor. I do think that there are some people that are going to think that this movie is trying to do that. I think that that's... I think that that's... That's a foul. Like, that doesn't happen with any movie. No movie does that. No movie right. solves anything. But, you it's know, a like, movie. The, mo- the moment when he, like, kicks Hitler out the window, I'm sure some people are going to be like, oh, this fucking movie trying to make a statement like, oh, yeah, kick H- Hitler out the yeah, window. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I stood up and clapped at that point because <laughs> racism's dead. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's that's why there's plenty to parse out with this movie. It's about Nazis. It's going to get... I mean, there are going to be people coming at it from all angles. Um, there's, there's an old... There was like some Surgeon General or something that they made a comment about porn uh, when they were like talking about banning porn and they were like... Someone asked, how would you define pornography? And they said, I know it when I see it. That was their right. definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a good movie when I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if And this, to me, was just a well-executed movie. Uh, I don't laugh lightly when I watch movies. And there were plenty of jokes that didn't land for me. Like I said, wasn't a big fan of Taika in the movie. Uh, but there are a lot of like quality laughs in the movie like just really yeah. really good. walking around in that robot looking costume thing yeah i mean taika knows how to direct comedy also there are visual laughs uh there are script laughs there are situational laughs there are character laughs like i mean everything with yorkie like he just they he leaves yeah. him in hitler youth you forget that he's MVP. in the, the movie for like 45 minutes and you see him and you're like oh my god you're yeah. a soldier now the- you're 12 <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, and he's just like all hell is breaking out yeah. in like Munich. Is that where they are? I know it's got to be some small town. And they're just all there. He's just like holding a fucking bazooka. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just fighting on the front lines. Yeah. I really like that whole battle sequence. It's I really that was well directed. Well it's yeah. really well directed. Like there's some really good like long shots and long takes in that. Yeah. And well, I also think that Taika did a way better job of balancing comedy and drama in this than he did in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Because, I mean, on pod, I said, I I thought all the Asgard shit in that movie was undercooked as fuck. Like, there wasn't much to bite on there. It was almost nothing. It was like, it was like, this is what he had to do, and then let's go to the fun world that is all Taika. Mm -hmm. And then he has fun in that world. This movie, he did not uh, shortchange the drama at all, I don't Mm -hmm. think. 
Like, wait, you saying Kate Blanchett character didn't work for you? Yeah, for no. She is the definition of not having a blast <laughs> in a role. Did you ever see Hunt for the Wilder People? No. That movie is uh, uh, much like this, a, a comedy drama uh, sort of deal. Obviously, doesn't deal with Nazis or anything like that. But I think, to me, that movie does it a little bit better just because it's a little bit more quiet and subdued and is able to really linger in the dramatic moments. And then when the comedy does come, it's like kind of like unexpected and it jolts you. Um, I, I did want to read. Um, so the, the watch uh, ringer pod that there's a Facebook group for it. And I've been kind of active on it recently and I've been using it as like my, my take probing ground, <laughs> um, kind of uh, take, take workshopping, take shopping, <laughs> Um, so I, I posted a, a little uh, post about uh, Jojo Rabbit trying to get people to kind of uh, start up the discussion a little bit. And I just kind of voiced some of the same things that I've been saying here on, on this uh, podcast. And I want to read some of the... So this person named Dacian says, get over it. Art is art. People need to grow some balls and stop being so sensitive. This approach is what got an asshole like Trump in the Oval Office. We can have charming movies about the Crusades, about the Indo-American genocide, Columbus, and not about the Nazis. So that's the kind of spirited debate that's happening. See, I but that's still I that is on the right side of it in my opinion but still so hostile which yeah. i feel like the whole point of this movie is to kind of diffuse the hostility of yeah. that this isn't this isn't trying to be joker this isn't trying to be dark and ominous and make a statement about something this is just like well i mean it it's making a statement in itself but it's not trying to solve anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right any any final thoughts guys I think we can wrap it up. This is there. a good movie. I like it a lot. It's gonna be around. It's it's going to be in the conversation for the next little bit. It's, I mean, it'll probably get some Oscar buzz. Ridley Taika for best supporting actor has been a thing that people have been pushing. I don't no. get it. Should be weird. Of no. all the things of directing, acting, writing, like he's the third funniest person in the movie. He's less funny than those two kids. To be honest with you, even Thomas and Mackenzie get some good laughs. I don't know if this she just movie, buys, like <laughs> leads into all the pictures. And I don't know if this everything. movie is going to be a, a big awards movie. I don't. It's, I don't it'll know. be a Globes movie. It'll be a comedy. Yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be in that. Um, it's tricky. I just thought it was well acted and definitely well directed. Uh, there's a critique that I can't disagree with. Like if if you want to give this movie two and a half stars based on that. Uh, for example, though, if you if you were to give The Lighthouse two and a half stars, I would have to ask why. And the answer would typically be because it's confused me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's too weird. That's a different type of critique where it's like you just that movie went over your head or whatever. Or maybe you have a legit critique right into the pod. If you have a legit critique for The Lighthouse, yeah. I do want to hear it other than like it was fucking nasty and pointless. It was way <laughs> too stinky. Because that's actually why it's good because the it smelled I bad. watched it in smell vision and I didn't yeah. have a good time. Um, but yeah, so there is there is a way that you could not like this that I would be like, fine. But I, I loved it going in thinking I would not. Uh, it completely won me over in a way that I didn't think it would. Um, one other little moment with Thomas and McKenzie that I wanted to shout was everything in the book that he's writing 
is just great. It's mm-hmm. charming and also like it's funny, but it works on both the levels. And her uh, dead fiance, yeah, like that whole, but how that works of him like writing letters from Nathan and everything mm-hmm. else. It's very sweet. Also, uh, I wanted to say I'm happy that the two of them don't end up like romantically involved together because I was like, this will <laughs> be weird if like a 17 year old is like, yeah, I'll fuck this 10 year old. <laughs> And I like that it hey kind man, of it's it, the forties. It ends in more of like a sibling love thing, especially because this kid, like Jojo, doesn't have any family now. Like they are each other's family at yeah. this point. Neither of them have anyone. Yeah, now you're that, led to believe they're just gonna go start a life together. Now that we're kind of going back to this dynamic for a second, I am curious that like, you know, I, part of me thought that she was only being nice to him because he was a Nazi and yeah. she had to be to not die. But by the end of the movie, you get the sense that she actually did develop like an actual yeah, I think, connection. I think that it started that way, and then yeah, oh, she did connect to him. By the way, final the final minute is so good. The dancing, yeah, uh, heroes it, in German. Like yeah, to end. Oh man, that to me was like, I don't know. For some reason, that just gave me goosebumps. It really worked. Like, for what me. are we gonna do? And it's funny, and it's also sweet, and it makes sense because she had said the first thing she's gonna do is dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. The movie just got better and better as it went along for me, to be honest. I, that is another a low directing editing choice that I love was the German use, like the beat, the way it starts with it's like Beatles mania for Hitler. Yeah, like uh, German. the German, I want to hold your hand. Yeah. yeah, is really good. Also, the archival footage of the actual Hitler youth. Yeah, that's it's, scary shit. A lot of young people. It's like fuck, man. It's mm-hmm. fucked up. Oh, and then the other thing is. Uh, back to like their dynamic is when they first kind of I think it's the first scene that they have together um, she like puts him in a chokehold or something or like forces him to to fear her or something like that and I think that that is just so key to their dynamic because it doesn't it, it makes it so that Elsa's not just this uh, weakling yep. that it's it's fearing for her life that this little Nazi boy is gonna kill her. She's just like, look, boy, like I could fucking take you. If yeah, I she's very to. Sh- like she's strong. And mm-hmm. I uh, there was one other thing that uh, we were talking about the whole dynamic that she establishes where she's like, you if you tell your mom, then you guys will go to jail yeah. or die. And if you like, you have to keep me a secret. Pretty much the only time that he doesn't keep it a secret and he tells his friend. His friend might not have even thought about it, but telling little Yorkie, probably just that discussion was the reason why the Gestapo showed up at his house. Yeah, like, shit. just by w- that leaving the house, even telling your best friend, because that's how it was wow. at this time period. All right. Well, that's a review of Jojo Rabbit. Um, let us know what you thought of it. It's one of those movies that's uh, definitely worth talking about. So, at We Bought a Mike on Twitter and We Bought a Mike at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Letterboxd, Facebook, all that good stuff. And stick around for our Paddington 2 talk. Also, Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, Tom Hanks as Mr. Fred Rogers. I mean, in... We're recording this on the 11th. In two hours, Disney Plus drops and The Mandalorian. Fuck. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't even know if that... Fuck. Also, the Lady in the Tramp live action Lady in the Tramp comes out at midnight, boys. I'm not going to watch the all I'm not going to watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm more likely to watch Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> also, uh, Noel, 
the, the Bill Hader. Does that Let's come out go. tonight? I don't know. I don't know if that's tonight. I'm so Fuck. tired. I'm <laughs> Knives out. Um, and more Watchmen talk. So lots of good things to get into as we hurl towards impending death. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, guys. Mm. Thanks for listening. You're, no, you. you're welcome. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.